Thank you, young people. Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12. You know, every time they sing, I'm reminded that you just can't reach young people without uh, taking them out of the services, uh, putting them in a room painted black, and um, rapping with them for a little while. You just, you just can't, you can't do it. Um, and so um, they remind me of a lot of other things whenever I, I see them too, but we won't get into that tonight. Romans chapter number 12, and uh, we are going to uh, get through verse number 9 this evening. And as you can see, it's a very lengthy verse, and so uh, I will hurry through it as quickly as I can. Uh, but we have been in this uh, chapter for some time, and uh, I just, I'll review very, very quickly to get us to our text. Uh, the beginning of the chapter, uh, we are reminded to surrender uh, as a Christian. Every member of the church is to surrender their will to God. Uh, that's not just for the pastors, not just for the young people. It's for every, for every member of the church. Uh, number two, we were reminded about the transformation that needs to take place uh, in, in every life. Why is it that somebody gets saved? They come into the church and, and they get so far. It's because they resist the word of God. They don't have that renewing of the mind. It needs to take place in every Christian's life. That's why the Bible has got to be the focus. It's got to be the focus of the church. It's got to be the focus of every service. It's got to be the focus of everything because it is the super, by the super, that supernatural means of the word of God is how we are transformed. Uh, then we go into uh, thinking of ourselves the proper way, not too highly. Then the, the body of the church compared to the body and how it has many members and uh, many different offices. And then uh, the gifts in the church. And I spent a couple of weeks talking about the gifts and and how everybody has a gift that they can use in the church. So now that gets us to verse number 9. Follow with me in your Bibles. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Now tonight I'm going to teach on love without hypocrisy. Love without hypocrisy. Father, I pray that you'll help us tonight. I pray the Holy Spirit of God would teach us. I pray that uh, he would work through me so that uh, the powerful truths contained in this verse uh, would grab a hold of us. And uh, may we realize the standard that uh, we are to hold to is uh, not our own uh, means, it's not our own logic, but by the uh, truths and principles of the Word of God. And may this be a help to us uh, in how we interact with each other. Uh, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As we've mentioned, and I'll remind you, in verses 6 through 8, uh, we have instruction concerning the gifts. And then in verse 9, we begin to leave the listing of gifts. And now we're going to proceed to the instructing of how to use the gifts. God does not tell us that he has us, we have gifts and it's not up to us, and I taught last week, we're to discover how it is. What is it that God has given me that I can use in the church? It, that is not just so we can say, hey, my gift is. My gift is. Uh, my gift is not your gift. and it, no, That's not why. It, it's not so we can list it, but so that we can learn how to use it in 
the, the, the ministry of the church uh, in the body of the church. So we're going to begin to make a transition in this uh, chapter from the listing of the gifts. Now we're going to get to the instructing on how to use the gifts. Notice our text verse, the first uh, sentence there, let love be without dissimulation. That word dissimulation means hypocrisy. So what God is saying, let love be without hypocrisy. That's what we're talking about tonight. That's the title of our Bible study, Love Without Hypocrisy. Don't you think Christians ought to be sincere in their love? Of course, we all would say that. Uh, Shouldn't we be uh, warned against a hypocritical love? That's what that word means, let love be without hypocrisy. Uh, Let love be in sincerity. Our love for Christ should be a real love, should it not? Absolutely. But let me remind you that uh, this is a command to the church. And so not only should our love for Christ be without dissimulation, without hypocrisy, our love for one another should be without hypocrisy. See, we need to be reminded that our pattern is God. God is love. Don't we say that? Oh, God is love. And we might even have a bumper sticker that says, God is love. And, uh, but God is love. <clears throat> you cannot compare <clears throat> to love to this world because God is love. You want to know what real love is? Uh, get to know God <clears throat> in a greater way. Only the Christian can know real love because we have experienced it. It's real love. Steve, when you grab my water on the front row there, <clears throat> only Christians can know, thank you, only real love because we have experienced it. So <clears throat> why, how is that? Because we've been saved. We've accepted Christ as our Savior. You say, uh, well, didn't God show his love toward every man? Or didn't Christ die for every man? Absolutely he did. But you can't really fully begin to understand that love until you've received that gift of eternal life. Till you know what it's like to have your eternity changed. Till you know what it's like to have the Holy Spirit dwell inside of you. Only the Christian can know real love because we're the only ones who have had that experience. So therefore, there is a greater burden on the Christian when it comes to the area of love than to the lost. So God is love. You follow me? Deep stuff here so far. Only the Christian can know real love because we have ex- because of what we have experienced. And then our lives should show love. Uh, I believe in knowing what you believe. I believe in knowing what your gift is. Uh, but a, a Christian ought to have the love of God uh, as part of them, uh, much as it is a list of things that they believe. Uh, it, it, we should show love. Now, Love without hypocrisy. We see it? That's what that word dissimulation means. We are, to just, we are to let love be without dissimulation. So it should be with sincerity. As we think of that, say, okay, pastor, we know God is love. We know because we're saved, we have experienced love, and we understand that. We know it goes without saying, really, that the Christian life should be a life of love. But let's get a better understanding. Flip over to 1 Corinthians 13 very, very quickly. A familiar passage to many of us, 
uh, we talk about charity or love. Verse number 4. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. I love the way the Bible defines itself. I love the way the Bible defines uh, what it means. So we are to have love, right? Everybody with me? All right, four of, four of you with me. So what is love? Well, the Bible tells us in verse number 4, 1 Corinthians 13, Charity suffereth long. It's long-suffering. And is kind. Well, it's just not my personality. No, you just have not shown, you're just not showing the love of God. Uh, charity envieth not. We're going to, tonight, part, a lot of what we're doing tonight is we're going to take the world's terms, the world's definitions off of Bible words, and we're going to put God's definition back to the word. Because the world would say love is A, B, and C. God says it's long-suffering, it's kind. It envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. I don't have to get in my way. Is not puffed up. Does not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. I know they're talking about me. Thinketh no evil. Read. Did you? That can't. Well, I don't believe it could be true. Why? Because it thinketh no evil. And I could park right there and say, you know, the pastor says, well, I just know the pastor just, you really love your pastor, don't you? It thinketh no evil. Uh, rejoiceth not in iniquity. But rejoice, I'll, I'll spend a lot more time when we actually go through 1 Corinthians 13, so I'm not going to get bogged down here. <clears throat> rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things. Believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. So that gives us a better understanding of the love that is talked about in Romans chapter number 12. It's how God defines love. Do not, do not, do not let this world define love. God is Love. Oh, and you, and you know, we have a, a good number of singles and young adults. Well, love. No, no. Let's look at God's definition of love. And uh, with one another. It, uh, working with one another. Well, I love my... Okay, God's definition of love. Now, we are told to love without hypocrisy. Everybody with me? Make sure this is established. So... That is the goal. Let's look at it again in your Bibles. Verse 9, let love be without dissimulation. Now, what is the punctuation after the word dissimulation? It's a period. Means it's a complete thought. This, I'm going to dazzle you, is an imperative sentence. Meaning it is making a request or giving a command. In this case... It is giving a command. Are you impressed yet? It is a complete thought which stands on its own. The rest of this chapter, gives, it gives context to one another. But this thought in verse number 9, let love be without dissimulation, is a complete thought. It is a command. Let love be without hypocrisy. God is making a point. 
Do not have a hypocritical love. Now, the rest of that verse is going to give some context to that statement. So we're not to have hypocritical love. We're to have sincere love. We're to have the love of God in our hearts. We're to live every day to show the love of God, not just to our own family and our church family, but to this world. It's to be without hypocrisy. God gives us some clarification in other passages of Scripture of what love is. Are you following me? So we could end right there, but we're not. It is a complete thought. Let love be without hypocrisy. Now, tonight, I've just got two points. Are you proud of me? I've just got two points. You know I normally have about four. Don't think it's going to be half as long as it normally is. Here's number one. To love without hypocrisy, you must hate evil. Let love be without dissimulation, period. It's a complete thought. It's a command. Your love should not be hypocritical. You should not be pretending and playing. Don't say it and then not show it. Don't say it and then not back it up. It's a complete thought. This should go without saying inside the church house, should it not? With Christian people. Now, we have further clarification of that command. Abhor that which is evil. The word abhor means to hate, to loathe, to detest, and despise. That's what the word abhor means. It says to tolerate evil. That's not what it says. It says to abhor it. It says to hate it. It says to detest it. It says to despise it. See, let's define evil. Uh, Evil is not uh, the, 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 the boogeyman in a scary movie. Evil is an action done to another with the intent to harm or hurt. That is evil. If you study the scripture, we understand that we are all sinners. Uh, we have a sin problem. Everybody in here is a sinner. Amen right there. We all sin. There is, a, there is a difference between sin and evil. Evil is done with intent to harm somebody else. I'll give you an example that I know we will all agree on. Abortion is evil. It is not a choice. It is not a political preference. It is evil. It is an action with an intent to harm another. That is evil. I could go further. Uh, Those that perform the abortions are evil because they are doing harm to another. I could go further than that. Politicians who protect those who do the evil are evil because they are party to, to, to someone hurting another. Everybody with me? We're all in agreement so far. Evil is wrong done to another. It is malice. It is with intent. It makes perfectly logical sense to the Christian to hate that which is done to hurt another. Should we not all be in agreement 
that we are to hate, detest, we are to abhor that which does harm to another person, especially somebody of the household of faith, especially another Christian, especially another brother or sister in Christ. It makes logical sense that we should detest it and we should hate it. Yes, I would agree. And it makes sense. Let love be without dissimulation. No hypocrisy. Okay, so if we're going to have a love that is sincere, then we have to abhor, detest, hate that which is evil, which is an action, a wrong done to another. So with that in mind, we need to be reminded we are to hate evil in order to love without hypocrisy. I want to have a sincere love. Okay, how do we do it? We have to hate evil to give clarification as we did on love. Uh, let's define, well, let's look at some things that God hates in Proverbs chapter number 6, if you want to turn there very quickly. Now, did we see in Romans chapter number 12, Abhor that which is evil, hate it, detest it. While you're turning there, who is Romans chapter 12 speaking to? It's the church. So we are instructed after we surrender, after the transformation, after we understand to keep ourselves humble and the fact that we're part of a body and I have to function uh, the, the, uh, to, in order to help the body, we all have a, a gift and something that we could give to the church. Now we're being told how to use the gifts that God has given us. And we're told, first of all, love without hypocrisy. In order to do that, you've got to hate that which is evil. Now, in our Bible, in Proverbs chapter 6, we are told that there are some things that God hates. Verse number 16. Now, I just think, if God hates these things, shouldn't we hate these things? See, sometimes we just throw these general words, oh, I hate evil. Let's go to the Bible, and let's put something to that evil. Let's put something to what God hates. Verse 16, these six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. So the, he's going to list six things that God hates. And the seventh, did you see that word, abomination? That word abomination is used several times in the Bible. The one that probably comes to your mind is the homosexual relationship. God says he hates it with a hatred that is, that, that is so deep. And it's, and it, and it's, and it's, it's just a, so, so strong, so much beyond just hating, okay? Look at them, verse 17. A proud look. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. And heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Feet that be swift and running to mischief. You ever notice that there's certain people, whenever there's, there's trouble, they, they just always seem to be there. On social media, they're the ones that always have to comment on everybody else's stuff. 
But there's trouble. They're going to be around, and they've got to give. What, what is it? Feet that be swift in running to mischief. A false witness that speaketh lies. Hold on. Are we to abhor that which is evil? Are we to hate it? Are we to detest it? Well, God says, this is what I hate. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies. And what is that number seven? And he that soweth discord among the brethren. God puts that on the same level as he does on homosexuality. We sure don't hear enough preaching on that in Baptist churches, do we? If we're to hate evil, we've got to hate these things. Oh, how, and, 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 we, and I'm for it. We amen that abortion is evil. And we ought to stand against it. We ought to speak out against it. You should never, never vote for a politician who will not oppose it. But there's some other things in the Bible that God hates. And there's too many Christians that think Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 is a bucket list of things to try and check off. When God says those are the things you ought to detest, you ought to hate, because we don't want to be a hypocrite with our love. Oh, I could, I, could, I, could, I could park here for a long time. There are a lot of Christians. Oh, their, their haircut is just right. Uh, they, they, got their, they carry their big King James Bible, and they have all these things, and they get on their little pedestal, and, and they will condemn uh, the drunkard, and they'll condemn those in this sin, and they'll condemn those in this sin. But as soon as they walk away from that situation, they are running down another Christian. They're in the middle of trouble. They are so in discord among the brethren. God says he hates it. So, do you love without hypocrisy? In order to do so, you have to abhor that which is evil. Hate what God hates, or you got a hypocritical love. You've got a pretend love. Oh, I just have the love of the Lord. Well, then you better hate what God hates or you're lying. Well, I just don't like that definition. Well, let, let me just help us all tonight. God decides what the definitions are. And if we are going to have a real, sincere, unhypocritical love, we have got to hate evil. It is, it, is, it is evil. It says, hands that shed innocent blood. It is evil. I've already mentioned the abortion. They take the life of the innocent. It's evil. It's evil for somebody to commit murder in any capacity, whether it's an unborn child or, or it's not an unborn child. It is evil. We would all agree with that. But God says, those that speak lies, a false witness, 
is just as evil in his mind. And those that would pit a Christian against another Christian, those that would cause disunity in the church, he says, I hate it even more than I hate these other things. I don't guess you could participate in it then and have a sincere love. I'm going to move to number two very quickly. Well, I just love everybody. Not if you're talking about them. Well, we are, too hip- we are hypocrites with our love more than we realize. See, there's more. We, we take a strong stand in a lot of positions. We take a strong stand. We have Bible positions. And the more wicked the world gets, the more extreme they seem. But the Bible's never changed. It's the same position that lost people had 50 years ago in many, in, many, in many cases. But we have to make sure that we let the Bible define love and the Bible define that which is evil. And so I hope we've established this. I've just got one more point, and I'll turn you loose. And that comes to the last part of the verse. If you're back over in our text, Romans chapter number 12. Let love be without dissimulation. Let love be without hypocrisy. See, it, it, it's, what the Bible's telling us, it's hypocritical for you to say you love somebody and then you talk about them and then say, oh, I just love you, sister. I love you, brother. Pastor's not calling you a hypocrite. God's calling you a hypocrite. Well, I would never do what so-and-so, and I would never do what this and this. And God says, well, let me tell you what I hate, hypocrite. I saw so-and-so there at church, and then I saw them someplace that they shouldn't have been. That, they're a hypocrite. Maybe. But the fact that you went and you told somebody else, you know what that makes you? A hypocrite. Because our love ought to say, if it is the place they shouldn't be, I don't... I, I ought to pray for them. I ought to see if, if there's a way I can help them. If, if, there's, if, some, if there needs to be an intervention or somehow, then I can do it. But going to tell somebody else, it ain't, it's, not, it's not helping anybody. Number two. Aren't you glad it's not four points tonight? Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Here's my second statement. To love without hypocrisy, you must hold to good. The Bible says cleave to that which is good. The word cleave means to hold to. It means to adhere to. Good, again, we like to take these terms and we just like to use them in generalities and we like to assign good to whatever we think is good. I think Taco Bell is good. I don't think that's what God is talking about here. So we have to look in the context of what he's saying. What is, cleave to that which is good. Cleave to that which is right. What is right? Bible truth. Bible principle. Cleave to that which is right. We're to hate that which is evil. Hate that which is done to somebody else to cause harm. 
And we are told, instructed to cleave, to hang on to, to hold to, to adhere to that which is good or that which is right. If you were going to adhere uh, to, to materials, you're going to glue them. You want something that's going to hold. That's how we're to hold to truth. That's how we're to hold to right. We're to be glued to it. We're to be adhered to it. We're to, we're, to, we're to cleave to it. We're to hold on to it. That which is right. The Bible principles, truth of Scripture. See, to, to hold on to good, you must do right. If you're not doing right, you are not cleaving to that which is good. You've dropped it. If you're not to hold the good, you must defend right. Right must be defended. It must be fought for. Otherwise, we're not holding to it. To cleave or hold the good, you must not compromise right. Well, we won't do this. We'll drop this standard so that we can get this group of people. You're dropping good. It doesn't matter how you justify it. We're to cleave to it. We're to adhere to it. It would be great if Christians once again even knew what the Bible said, but then would just live the Bible. I'm going to hold to it. I'm not letting it go. Well, what are the consequences? Or what's going to happen? Or, or what's the pushback going to be? Well, if you're just determined to adhere to it and cleave it, hey, I'm glued to the, to the truth. I'm glued to that which is right. You're not going to separate me. That is how we are going to have love without hypocrisy. To cleave or to hold the good, you must not allow right to be trampled. I, I, I would have to, I, I'd have a hard time looking myself in the mirror ever again if I allowed the word of God and its authority and its perfection to just be trampled. But Well, I just don't want to get in the middle of that. Are you cleaving to it or not? See, neutrality is not cleaving. It's not. Well, Pastor, are you saying that we should get involved? No. I'm not running. If it it doesn't apply to me or if, if it doesn't come to me, but it's amazing. You hold a Bible position, it's coming to you. It's amazing. You... You, you get saved or you get right with God, you get in church. Well, I, don't want, I don't want my family to get, oh, it's coming. Good and evil are always at war with one another. So we have to hold to that which is right. We have to hang on to it. We have to defend it. We have to, you must not allow right to be trampled. Conclusion. See, I just have to. We're already at conclusion. Remember what we said about love? Love, let love be without dissimulation. Love without hypocrisy. Do you know that we as a church should love one another? Well, their personality, I know, I know. 
But aren't you glad when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he wasn't considering your personality? Yeah, the, the love of God. I imagine the love of God surpassed everybody's personality. Well, they're just a jerk, maybe. It's amazing what we'll recognize in somebody else. They're, 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 they're just a jerk. Well, aren't you glad the love of God surpassed that? Um, we're supposed to love without hypocrisy. When we, we're supposed to, how do we express that love for one another? Well, charity in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 tells us how we express it. Well, I know, no, love says it, it thinketh no evil. I wonder what they meant by that. That's not what love does. Well, I just, I just, don't, I just, I just don't think that's not what love does. Aren't we supposed to have that kind of love for one another? That's don't you don't we have a, a better understanding now why we have to surrender in verse number one? Why we have to get the mind of God in verse number two? Why we have to be humbled in verse number three and not think too highly of ourselves? Why beginning in verse four and five we begin to see that the, the church is like the body. We all have a part to play. And, and, and then we have these gifts that God has given us to help the church don't be a hypocrite in your love. God comes right after that and says, and so in order for you not to be a hypocrite, you've got to hate evil. You've got to hate that which would be, would be harm another individual, and you certainly are not going to participate in it. You're going to hate it so much that if somebody comes to you and says, hey, let me tell you something about so-and-so, you're going to say, nope, um, I hate that so much. I'm not going to allow it. I'm not going to participate in it. it, it, it there's certain things that ought to get your blood pressure rising. You ought to feel the, 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 a few shades of red taking place. There's just certain things in life that if it doesn't get you upset, you need to check your pulse. There's just some things that should be that way. And it's certainly the things that are evil. So, what does God hate? We saw in Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, we should hate those things too, shouldn't we? When good is attacked, we hold to it. There's too many Christians that you don't count the cost in a way where it's like, well, are you counting the cost? But not the way you should be counting the cost. You're counting the cost of what's this going to cost me and do I want to do it? You better realize, count the cost. Following this Bible, it's going to cost you something. But if you're cleaving to good, I can't, let, I can't let it go. I, I, I can't do it. See, if we don't respond to the evil like the Bible tells us to, well, I just love you, brother. You're a hypocrite. Because you can't have a sincere love without hating evil. I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I'm just going to go out on a limb and say if you're participating in it, you probably don't hate it enough. And then we're to cleave to that which is good. Oh, I love the Lord. How tired are you hanging on to good? How tired are you hanging on to right? Uh, 
Bible's, I mean, him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. I mean, how, what are we doing? I mean, how, 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 are we, how are we treating this, uh, the right? How are we treating good? I've got to hang on to it. We've got to be so determined to do right. Otherwise, see, if you, if you, you don't have to, I'm a, pretty, I'm, I'm a very easy person to get along with. No amens on that. Hmm. That hypocritical love, maybe I need to go back to number one. You don't have to listen to a word I say from behind this pulpit. But if you're not going to hang on to good, don't say you love this church. Pastor, I love you. I just don't agree. I'm just not going to live that way. You're a hypocrite. Well, I don't go to church because all the hypocrites are down there. So I'm just not going to be in church. Well, I, I love, but I love him. I love, I love, I love Pastor. But I just got to tell you this, hypocrite. I love brother so and so and sister so and so. But if you only knew, hypocrite. How insulting! I'm trying to help us tonight. How insulting is it? God, does it have to be to our God to say, "I love you, God." But don't dare ask me to pay a price to hold on to good. I'm letting it go. You've asked too much of me. It's not what I thought when I signed up for this. Oh, oh I love you, God, but, but I'm going to participate in all these things that you say you hate. Let love be without dissimulation, period. That's a command. How are we going to do that? You've got to abhor that which is evil. You've got to cleave to that which is good. It's amazing. They'll, they'll try and, uh, this world tried not good out of your hands. You've got to hang on to it. Let me end with illustrations to make this point, drive this point home. The child rebelling against his parents. People say, well, it's just not my place. To say anything to mom and dad. Well, they asked me to help them, but I just don't say you love. Because you abhor that which is evil, you cleave to that which is good. There's a Christian rebelling against God. And the pastor says, Well, I'm just not going to ruffle any feathers, I'm just not going to do it. Now, how in the world can a pastor, a shepherd, when a wolf is about to eat, a, eat one of his sheep, say he loves those sheep, and then stand there and know the carnage that's going to take place? I'll echo the words of the Apostle Paul. You know, am I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Well, we just, I want to go to a church where, where I'm, just love, with all, I'm just love. What they mean is they want to go to a church where there's a hireling who will never tell them the truth. And what they're saying, they don't even realize. They want to go to those places of love. They're actually the place where they're not loved. I know the teenagers, most of them are behind me tonight. you got a mom and dad that insists you do right and makes you do right. 
That's love. Um, well, these, you know, I have a, you have a brother in Christ that's, a, that's attacked or wronged. I'm just, I'm just, I love your brother anyway. No, that's, that's hypocritical love. Neutrality when it comes to good and evil is, is, is not a position. You're, it's one or the other. I know this isn't popular teaching, but it is Bible. And it's a lot more difficult to live than some of the things we get excited about. So how do you live that way? Well, you better go back to verse number one. Because you're going to go to church with some people that just rub you the wrong way. You just clash a little bit. You can still love them. Matter of fact, you're commanded to love them. It really is an amazing thing that we're down here in the south, in the state of Florida, with as passionate as college football is, that we all love each other as much as we do. People come, oh, there's a sweet, sweet spirit. Don't come between September and, 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 and Christmas. When I, I'm, I, let me let me close with the, with the pastoral position. As your pastor, I'm gonna I'm gonna warn you against evil. I'm not gonna tolerate it. Somebody so, show, so shows shows discord. I'm propping the door open. You want to bear false witness? I'm propping the door open. Why? Because I hate evil. I hate it. Uh, I'm not going to let somebody talk about the members of Emmanuel Baptist Church. You know, I'm, I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to say that. Um, I, I, I'm going to warn you. I'm going I'm I'm to hold to that which is good. Um, I'm not looking to be popular. Some of you have figured that out. I'm not looking to be popular. Because good is not always popular. But as a pastor, if I abhor that which is evil, and I cleave to that which is good, and you can see that in your pastor when I look at you and say, I love you, you can believe it. And when we look at one another and we say, I love you, brother, there ought to be something behind it. Because let's go in this world. People say, oh, we love you. This world will say, especially to our, our young people, they get, get, get ready to get out of high school. They get young. Oh, we just love you. And you go out here. And as soon as they've got everything from you, they just cast you aside. That's it. That's what they want. I got, we got what we want. You're just like us now. So now we're moving on. But, but, but you love me. Oh, not anymore. We got what we wanted from you. You're just like us. You're not special anymore. But that's not the way it ought to be here. We ought to love one another. Don't be a hypocrite in your love. Don't be a hypocrite. When we talk to our God, we say, God, I love you. God knows the sincerity of our heart. This ought to help us understand how God defines whether or not we have true love or hypocritical love.
Do we hate the same things he hates? That, that, that gives some uh, clarity uh, uh, to other passages in the New Testament where uh, the friend of the world, you can't be a friend with God, you're at odds with God, you're, you're divided from God, because God says, you've got to hate the things I hate. You've got to cleave to that which is good. So do you really want to love one another? I think we all do. I mean, some of you are probably a little suspect about some, a couple of people, but I think, we, I, think, I think we do love. And one more, I only had two points, but one more thing. <laughs> you know why we have such a sweet spirit in this church? That's exactly what I'm teaching tonight. Because we generally care for one another. Parents, you better teach your children right and wrong. Hold the line. Well, they, it just seems like I'm always, especially when they get to be teenagers, it seems like I'm just always fighting them more than anything else. Well, do you hate evil? You can cleave to that which is good? That's love. That's love. Hey, we love one another because we of our, so, so don't get tired of our Bible position. That's, that's part of why we can have love, but it's not hypocritical.